Lord, in this section, as we study your word this evening, or this early morning, we ask and we say, you speak to us directly. Uh, we don't want to hear a man. We want to hear you. And you alone. And we say your name is glorified. And we are living tonight. Edify. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Very quickly tonight or this morning, we want to share. I want to share something with you. And I beg for your attention. Amen. I say, I beg for your attention. I'm going to take my time to explain these things to you and walk you through the scriptures. So if you have a neighbor who is feeling sleepy, give the person condiment. Because I don't want any one of you to miss out in this session. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you are going to be your brother's what? Keeper. We don't want a Jonah in our midst. You know what a Jonah means in our midst? A Jonah is that guy who is not fulfilling God's plan when others are and they trim to the sea. Oh yeah, leave the boat immediately. You are not obeying God, leave the boat. So please, we don't want a Jonah here. Amen. We already said the grace of God is upon our lives, right? Yes. And the grace includes staying awake to hear the word. Amen. Amen. So we help, we're going to help one another, right? As we share God's word. I believe that as I teach tonight, visions of so many things are touching your life would be plain. A lot of scenarios will be coming to you. Pictures, images, remembrance of things will be coming. I call this the call to the ministry. The call to ministry. I call this the call to ministry. We, we want to look at what the call entails. What is this call about? You hear people say, I was called to the ministry. I was called. Some people say, I was, I'm not, the reason why I'm not doing ministry today is because I'm not called. A whole lot of grammar. Grammar. What does it mean? You know, in the afternoon, we looked at a walking with God. And we said, to walk with God is not a mystery, right? We said that to walk with God is not a mystery, right? We said to walk with God is simply to align your thoughts, align your actions with God's will. So now, we are looking at a call to the ministry. Before we even get into our subject, I want you to know that our ministry represents a ministerial training for ministry. It is for men that know they have been called to ministry to be trained. Before I get into my subject, somebody can ask, what are we doing here? Why did we leave our house and come this far to this bush where there seem not to be a sigh of anyone? <laughs> there seem not to be 
Even goat, even I mean, have, you, have you even heard the bed sharp? It seems like no bed is even sharp. I mean, whatever they call it, shopping, sharp. So what are we doing here? We came here to train you. To train you in the place of prayer. Because, like I always tell you, there is a training of the spirit. You can't fake it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. If it is not dear, it is not dear. You can't fake a prayer life. You now, so some of you that feel like you used to pray. As you came here, do you know it seems like you don't know how to pray? <laughs> I don't know if you wait. You see? That's training. Some of you that think you used to fast. I don't know if you know that there's now something called fasting. Let me see your hand. I mean, for those of you that prepared for this meeting. <laughs> after you deny it for like two days. There's a training of the spirit. Look at Proverbs 22 verse 6. What are we doing here? Why did we live all the way and come to Watson Woods? In this bush. That's why we are even using our tag. Just in case you disappear in the bush. So at least your tag can be a light. That, oh, this man belongs to us. <laughs> Proverbs 22 verse 6. What did he say? He says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not what? depart from it. So there is a training you must receive. When training is there, it is there. Timothy was that man who was trained. He was trained. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 3, it says he followed the pattern. Paul committed unto him the faithful word. He says he has patterned the life after Paul. He was trained. He followed. In Matthew 26, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to get some money to go and pray. They slept. They were not trained. They were sleepy. You can't blame them. Look in level one. They asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, when Jesus wanted to take them to where they wanted to pray, they were not trained. They slept. Why? Because of lack of training. Lack of training. Lack of training. They slept. They were used. Now, that's why, if you notice what happened in the book of Acts, because now in the book of Acts, they were now trained. In Acts 6 verse 4, it says, we will not leave the word of God at sad tables. It says, so it says we will not leave the word of God. It says, but we will commit ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. Now, because they've been trained, they now see the reasons for prayer. Now, Peter was saying that, that we will not leave the word of God at sad tables. This was the same Peter who was a fisherman. He's used to serving tables. When Jesus was feeding five loaves of bread and two fishes and he multiplied it to the 5,000, who served it? The disciples picked the basket and served it. So they were used to serving tables. Are you seeing it, guys? They were actually used to serving tables. But something has affected their life, and that's training. That's training. 
So they now have a right priority. They have a right priority. Just like yesterday, we learned praying like Jesus. And what did we do? We followed the scriptures. <laughs> I saw some of you, you wanted to die. You wanted to faint. Your leg, your leg received. Some of you thought you could do marathon. Some of you thought you were a gym master. That, oh, I can gym. Oh, I can do this. Now, you now made the regime. <laughs> of you, I was looking at you. You're looking at Ah, hey, Jesus, Holy Father, Holy Mary, Holy Goliath. <laughs> and we are training you to pray for long hours. Labor in the place of prayer is the work of ministry. A man on his own stands there and pray. That's training. Such that when you get back home, you won't go and relax and say, eh, mission is possible, 2023 is over. Thank God. Till next year. <laughs> so say, Me, I'm not even coming back for this year, next year again. <laughs> so say, eh, if they see my leg here, they should cut it. You will come back. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's training. So when you live here, what do you do? You take up the responsibilities to go and pray on your own. You won't go and start sleeping and say, ah, I've missed social media for the last one. Let me start trying to catch up. Hey, what has gone on on Instagram? Nothing has happened. <laughs> so... If training is not there, it is not there. So, I want you... So Before I get into my subject, don't forget we want to study the call to ministry, Abby. I want you to understand what is going on in your life. I want you to understand what is going on in your life right now. The training of God's Spirit is permeating through your life. Prayer, discipline. You notice that some of you... You didn't have anybody to wake you up again. Do you know why? Some of you, you know, you used to sleep six, seven hours. But on the norm, you just woke up on your own. Why? The training has started. Discipline has come. How will you be a minister and be sleeping like you are going for sleepy competition? I remember I met somebody. The person said, I can't sleep. The person told me, say, if, there's, if there's anything they want to give me in goodness book of records, they should just give me a word for longest sleeper. I said, ah, are you trying to win an award for this? He said, yes. I can sleep for the next five days and not open my eyes. I said, ah, hey, that's dead. He said, no, it's not dead. He said, he sleep. So, understand what is going on in your life. Just like you are sitting down, this is 12.42 a.m. and you are hearing the word. That's training. So, those times you don't want to listen to SoundCloud. We say, listen to SoundCloud. Listen to message. You say, mm, it's boring. The guy, the way he's just shouting, he's just, I don't like it. 
There's training. Such that when you get back home, you will pick the word and study. Training. Understand what is going on in your life. Many of you, how many of you, you've been hearing God talk to you in the place of prayer? Let me see your hands. Things have been, impressions have been done on you. Let me see your hands if you've been having that. Why? Do you notice it's different from the regular way you pray at home? Why? Training. What if you have had to write things down today? Things that the Lord spoke to you about, corrected you? Let me see your head. Yes, that's training. So, and I stand here as the trainer. I always tell you, my discipline before this meeting is to pray all the prayers you are praying before you before you pray, before we pray. And I will also still pray it with you. So say, Pastor is not here. He's sleeping. God forbid. <laughs> I've been in this bush since last week. Came to church, preached, came back. Me and snakes, we played. I walked about two, three hours away from here, another city entirely. Dog chased me, I came back, and I was still praying. This morning, as people were praying, I had an encounter with a python. You were having an encounter with the word, I was having an encounter with python. As soon as I saw it, I was still tired like this, sure. Did you just, ah! I just said, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you, it was like those. My eyes became clear. I said, "No, you know, I'm human too, like you." So I was like, "Ah, shabra. I stood, I stood beside the pool. I just saw. I stayed awake till I came back here. You don't teach somebody." I remember last week when I was walking about, as I was just going, I was teaching, shout, oh, closing my eyes, oh. I just say, it's God as probably is the Holy Ghost that just say, open your eyes. I was on the streets in a very tiny road. Shout, oh. I was like, open my eyes. I just saw eh? snakes all around. Eh? And that's the animal hates the most. If it was you, you say, thank God, we'll praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and just worship the name of the Lord. <laughs> you continue. It's discipline. Discipline. You have to pray. The way you do ministry is prayer. And I will say, because I have prayed it, I will not come here and pray. No, we were, I was both, I was praying. Tony was looking at me. I was looking at you people from the window. Me and Tony were having our own encounters before I left her. <laughs> the time she wants to do, she would just see me in the front. She would just look at the mirror like, ah, I'm actually looking. She's still like, ah. <laughs> so it is training. Training. So when you hear people listening to the word tomorrow, Somebody is laboring. I've always told you. It's not just the Greek word. It's la 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 la. <coughs> no, that's not how to teach. You first teach it in prayer. 
Amen. <laughs> I remember one of the times I was walking last week, praying. I went somewhere. I forgot my road. I did not know how to come back here again. I was like, yeah, hey. Ah, I was just looking. I had to put it on map. I remember one of the times we were praying in church. And I, I walked to somewhere in Rochester. And thank God, Supernatural Conversation is now on Google Map. I just said, ah. I just, I look left, look right. The place doesn't look like where I do. I just, ah, it's my national community church. <laughs> it's so sweet now. You just use Google Map to help you. Training. Training. You pray, you fast. Training. So it is not punishment. Don't see it as punishment or manipulation. They are just manipulating me here. Or control. No. This was what Jesus did to his disciples. It's not manipulation. It's not control. You can't be a minister of the gospel without a prayer life. Or without a study life. You can't be. So, it, because, so don't see it as manipulation or control. No, 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 don't see it. So somebody's just controlling me. I'm just orderly. I can't even sleep well. And the room leaders are even very wicked. They will just say, Lord, oh yeah, come, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's lock the door. Let's lock the door. And they lock the door and bish. And we are having encounters with your room leaders already. We you have had to slap your little <laughs> if you try it. <laughs> stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Is life this difficult? By Friday, by Friday, you will look at my face and you will just say bye-bye. So, I can tell you as I approach my message gradually, that God has orchestrated your steps to be here. I know it because I've been praying. And I can tell you, some of you will be wondering, how did I get here? What? When did I register for this thing? <laughs> I'm sure in the midst of the prayer yesterday, some of you are just thinking, who, who sent me? <laughs> who invited me to this place? Some of you will have been looking at your life like three, four years ago. How did I ever imagine that this will be a place I will be tonight? That somebody will say, training, training. What was training? What was I with training? All I want is my bed. So you now you see your bed. Now you see that, ah, bed is luxury. <laughs> Bro, Matthew shake his head. He said, yes, I'll agree to this one. <laughs> you know what they know? You just stand up, go to the bed. Even when you're praying at home. You just go to the bed. You say, you guys say, you want to deceive yourself. You say, I'll keep praying on my bed. I'll keep praying. <laughs> it's a lie. And it's just a shabra. You come back again, you have gone. I remember one time, I told myself I wanted to pray when I was much younger. I said, let me lie down a bit. Just a bit. Ha, men and brethren, what woke me up? Kukuruku. The whole light of my window shined in my face. And I told myself, I want to do VG. So I said, let me go and sleep nine, wake up like, wake up like 12. Men and brethren, 6 a.m. 
ah, you know that feeling like you start feeling like you are backslidden. Like God, I wanted to pray, and that's the time you will not wake up. In fact, that's always the sweetest sleep. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's always the sweetest because the devil is after your life. <laughs> I've always told you. I told you yesterday. I said, if there's anything the devil wants, he wants you to be prayerless. So don't leave this meeting. I'll go and return back to your old life. Set a plan. As I'm talking to you now, I'll give you two minutes. Set a plan for your prayer life. Set it. That when I leave here, I'm going to be praying one hour every day. I'm going to be praying two hours every day. I'm going to be praying two hours. I'm just going to pray. Set it now. Make a plan. And make a commitment towards it. Because it will be dangerous that you leave this place, you pray for the nations, you pray for different things, you pray, then you return back to a prayerless life. You know, that time, nobody will control you again. Nobody will tell you, wake up from the bed. No room leader, no chariot leader again. As it were, we are already in Wednesday. By Friday morning, we are leaving here. So we say, ah, Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I'm tired. I can't wait to see the outside world. This bush we have come to stay for mission is possible. Hallelujah. This is we. I like this bush. It keeps me on my... The snakes in this bush keep me on my toe. Such that I'm alert. There are certain places I'm walking to like this. I tell myself... I can't go in the night. <laughs> there are places in this bush I dare not enter in the night. I behave like a Christian. The Bible says, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. For the days are evil. It says, walk circumspectly. Be wise. <laughs> so I apply that scripture intelligently. <laughs> Ah, I make sure that it, it, it's just like when we were praying yesterday, as far as it is dark, I stayed around. Less, they told me, they, they told the Yadi to tell me, yeah, last week when they saw me inside different places, they told the Yadi to tell me, they, because they noticed that, the officials here noticed that the guy does not stay one place. So when they are driving around, they'll just see me in another city, they'll see me. So they now said to the, there's DS in this place who, or is it DS or BS? They say there's BS. Ah. <laughs> Men and brethren. Guess what happened? They told me this day, the next day, and I took about two, three hours walk away from here. And I remember there are BS in this place. <laughs> and I looked at the, my front, looked at my back. Everything is bush. Look at my center, bush. Look at my left, bush. Ah! The way I did speed walk, I became flash. I've, I, the, way, the way I got back to this place, I still don't know it today. I now understand where the Bible says, Elijah moved faster than Ahab. I just kept walking for... I just remember the abyss in this place. Lest I be taken away. <laughs> so it's a training. 
Are you hear what I'm saying? Training. Training. So like I said, God has orchestrated your steps to be here for you to be trained. I'm going to feel I enjoying the training. Training is not sweet. <laughs> right? It's not sweet, right? It's not interesting, right? But it is discipline. So prayer is the master key. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prayer is the key. That's why you have orderliness too to help your Christian work. So, like I said, set a plan. Now, how do you want to live your Christian life after this meeting? Prayer, study of God's word, fasting, retreat, vigils. Set it. I'll give you a minute before I continue. Quickly. Set it. Have a plan. Have a target. It's the most distractors. Ah. Distractious thing. Ah, it's like this English thing is whatever you said. <laughs> is that you should leave this bit and not have a plan. So do it. Set a plan. Set a schedule. As you return to your cities, to your counties, to yourselves, to your different countries, what is your plan? I'll give you a minute. Set it. Tell yourself, I'm going to be praying this way. I'm going to be trusting God this way. I'm going to be, you know, as it were, my spiritual life is going to have a good shape. I'm going to dedicate this time to the Lord. So set it. You should be done by now. So we move. How about you pray about it quickly? Pray about it. That you have strength to fulfill that plan. That the grace of God is on your life. To see to you that you are committed to the plan. To your prayer life, to your study life. No distraction, take that away from you. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. You're going to be praying, you're going to be studying, you're going to be feeding on the word that you have strength to fulfill that. Amen. <clears throat> All right. The call to ministry. Matthew 9, verse 37 to 38. I hope I have your attention. Are you sure? Are you sure you help your friend that wants to sleep? Not to be a Jonah. All right. Then he said unto his disciples, like I said, I beg you to pay attention to this meeting or to this teaching. It's going to change your life. Matthew 9 verse 37. He said unto his disciples, the others is truly plenteous. But the laborers have few. Verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his kingdom. A lot of people have made some mistakes. 
They think the harvest is about money. They think the harvest is about clothes, job, cars. No. The harvest is about lives. Lives. Men who are wandering a sheep without shepherd. Men without directions. Those are the harvest. Men that are sick. Men that are ignorant. Men that lack knowledge of God's word. Nations that are in idolatry. Men who believe in legalism. Men who preaches or who believe in the money gospel. Finance gospel. Success motivation. Those are the harvest. So what is needed for the harvest? Laborers. He says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that it will send forth laborers. We studied some years ago what laborers means. It's from the Greek word agathis. It means men that toil and see to it that the job is done. It's like people working in a construction company, people working in to, trying to build, trying to dig a foundation to see to it that the job is done. Those are laborers. An example of a laborer is Paul. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16. 1 Corinthians 9 16. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 9 16. It says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Oh. For necessity is laid upon me, and woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. So, choosing what to do doesn't invalidate it. A lot of us don't understand that. If we sow disobedience, you will reap disobedience. A lot of people are very disobedient to the call. Some have refused to obey the call. Do you know? And I'm saying it actually to scare you. Actually, that's the plan. Do you know? Some people who neglect the call die. They lost their life. Things, things go south for them. Things go wreck their life, their business, their marriage destroyed. Just because they don't obey the call. An example is Jonah. Hey, oh Lord, Happened to Jonah. All because he did not receive accept the call. He kept postponing the call, kept waiting till he fell into the belly of a fish. <clears throat> so, a lot of people have refused to obey the call. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 18, that same place. He says, what is my reward? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I make the gospel of Christ without charge. I abuse not my power for the gospel. He says in verse 19, for though I be free from all men, yet I made myself servant. Of, he says, I made myself servant unto all that I may gain the more. So the commitment to the ministry is a commitment. 
you have to have commitment to ministry. The way of a transgressor is hard. You have to obey. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So why are you ignoring the call on your life? I say this with no missing words. Every one of you under the sound of my voice, there is a call on your life. That is why your steps were orchestrated here. And we are going to look at it. Like I told you, as I'm teaching, pay attention. So many pictures, images, the Lord will be showing you and reorganizing your life. So, the man that is a laborer, he toys, he is committed. So, but some people are committed to the wrong thing. Some people are committed to fame. Some people are committed to titles. Some people are committed to positions. And you know what? Positions are just given by men. Responsibilities are given by God. Look at in verse 20. He says, And unto the Jew I became a Jew, that I may gain the Jews. And to them that are under the law, that I might gain them that are, that are under the law. So the laborer, the man who is a laborer, is committed to lives. Committed to toiling for lives. So I will ask you a question as a minister of the gospel. Are you committed to toiling with toiling for lives? Committed to lives. There's someone who says something one time. I said, why should you be tired of souls? Some people ask me, why is it that you respond to text messages very fast? I said, ah, <laughs> what do you expect from the God who sent me to lives? What do you want me to say? That I am too busy for the lives that God sent me to? I can never be too busy. That's my work. I can never be too busy as a preacher to not respond to you. I can never be too busy not to answer your question. What's my work? Why did God call me? Why am I a preacher? You have questions, I'll say, no, I cannot answer. Or you send me text message, I say, I cannot respond. God forbid. That's my work. My work is people's lives. A lot of people don't like human beings. Why would you be a preacher and you will not like human beings? You like an animal more than a human being. Did this send you to an animal? So, if you understand your mission, God has put his spirit in your heart so that we can reason with his thoughts. So, in ministry, you are a servant to men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say to your neighbor, in ministry, I am a servant to men. So back to, let's go back to our Matthew 9. Let's go back to our Matthew 9. Let's read it again. Look at Jesus. He said unto his disciples. Let's start from verse, 16, verse 36. Matthew 9, 36. He said, he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them. Because they were fainted and scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. And he said unto his disciples, 
the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. In Acts verse 38, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers to his harvest. So that means you and I, we can pray to evoke the call of God on the lives of people. I'm trying to be careful here. Do you know that as we prayed for cities, as we prayed for nations, I wish we will still pray in the course of this conference. Do you know that one of the ways God answered those prayers is that men are spurred up to obey the call? Many of you seated here, somebody prayed for you. It can be your parents, it can be your pastor, it can be your disciple, but we are all product of prayer that evoked the call on your life. Romans 10 verse 14 to 17, it says, How shall they hear except they be preached to? So, our prayer will evoke a greater harvest of souls. So, when we pray for cities, when we pray for states, nations, we are provoking the call of God on people. And one biblical prayer desire is to spark laborers into the work. So, as you get into your cell locations, one prayer you should pray in your cell locations. Lord, send forth laborers such that you will receive help. Remember, I'm giving you an instruction. Are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? So, you get back to your locations. Make this a prayer such that you receive help. Men are just spoked up in that location to assist the work you are doing. So God will do nothing, just like John Wesley said, except we pray. So the laborer, I've seen, God, I've not got into my message, I'm getting there very soon. The laborer is that man that toil around sinners and all. I want to correct an impression. A lot of people believe that Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Peter was sent to the Jews. There is no scripture like that. There's no scripture like that. You must be able to labor among men, white, black, Hispanic. No, no, you must not have a race, a racial differentiation in your mind. That, oh, I can, I'm, I'm very free to talk to a white person. I'm very free to talk to a black. I'm very free to talk to a Caucasian. I'm very free to talk to Mexican. Why should you be free? You should be free to talk to all men. Because in America that we live in today, we have all men. Yeah. So you cannot be selective and say, the only people I want to talk to is Africans. No, you can't be selective. You should, in fact, I'm going to do a series very soon on God and racism. I've been saying it, I've been saying it, I've been saying it, I will soon do it. <laughs> because you cannot have racial discriminations in your mind. So, a man of God, a man called by God, is a solution provider. Say, I'm a solution provider. You're not sounding like you mean it. Say, I am a man called by God and I am a solution provider. So, that man labors with the grace of God and that's you. You labor with the grace of God. 
First Corinthians 15, Paul told us that it's labor. He does it. Look at the First Corinthians 15, verse 10. First Corinthians 15, verse 10. He says, But the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He says, And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. But the grace of God was with me. So as you labor in the place of ministry, the laborer does not labor alone. So as you are preaching, as you are winning souls, as you are doing the work of ministry, don't think it you are doing it alone. I already taught you working with God. You are doing it by the grace of God. And the grace of God is on your life. It's with you. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but of God. Say, I have a God sufficiency. You're not sounding like you mean it. You're not sounding like you mean it. So the fruit of ministry is not in the kind of suit you wear. That's why a mission is possible. We don't, is look at how we are dressed. We came here for serious business. What betide us tomorrow? That mission is possible. We start wearing shoes. We start wearing uh, suits. I said, hallelujah, brethren. <laughs> what betide us? We come here for serious business. Serious business. Because the, the fruit of ministry is the men. Men. Men growing in the world. Men increasing in knowledge. Men maturing. So if you go back to that Matthew 9, I think I'm, I'm now in my subject. It appears that the nature of the call of God is like a force. I'm trying to be careful on this. It appears that it says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he will force out laborers. It appears that it's a force. Our prayer is for their... When we pray like that, do you know what is happening? It's for their inconvenience, that men are not convenient with what they are doing. <laughs> that men are just not... It's like they don't have peace. They're just wandering up and down till they encounter something. So let me explain this to you. And I beg you, please don't sleep. If you want to sleep, stand up, help yourself. This movement is very crucial. I believe that God wants to talk to you through this message and give you a proper conviction and a direction of your life. Hallelujah. That's why tonight is not punishment. That's why I'm not saying if you if you if one man sin, all have sinned. We'll continue that later. But not tonight. We won't carry here tonight. Oh, just obey God. <laughs> so now listen. The call is a call of conviction and not a call to convenience. 
That's why I said, it appears as though the call of God appears to be like a force. Like, it's as though they forced you to do something. The call is not a call to convenience. It is a call to what? Conviction. And now let me explain it this way to you. The call of God implies an interruption. Let me explain it this way. Write this down. The call of God implies an interruption in the regular affairs of a man. I'll say it again. The call of God implies an interruption in the regular affairs of a man. The call of God implies an interruption in the regular affairs of a man. That is, something more important step into your life. Something of a greater priority steps into your life. It doesn't come by association. The call of God doesn't come by association. In fact, that cause separates you from friends. In fact, it just separates you. You just find out that there are certain people that you cannot flow again with. And both of you were bestie, bestie before. It will change your friends. So it is an interruption in the regular affairs of your life. That's why some of you might be wondering, how did I meet somebody that met somebody that met somebody that brought me here? An interruption happened. But you will note something. Before you encountered the person you met, or that preached to you or something, you didn't have peace. I don't even know what I'm talking about. There was something off somewhere. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Let me see your hands. There was just something off somewhere. I'm walking you through something and I'm going to show you the scriptures soon. There was just something off somewhere. And I'm going to give you even practical examples from my own life. You notice that. I don't know if you know that as you are here, you have peace. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know. Even though you don't like what is happening. <laughs> but you just there's a peace in your heart. A peace that you probably did not find before. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Now, see, the call of God is an interruption in your life. It interrupts a regular affair. It's like saying you are going on this journey before something just takes you and do you turn. So the call is something, let me explain it this way. The call is something you stumble upon. You are not planning for it. Now, let me ask you a question. Five years ago, would you have imagined that you would have prayed this long? Let me, if, if you have imagined it, let me see your hands. <laughs> so everybody is on the same page. Could you have imagined that one day in your life, this is 1.18 a.m., 
you will still be hearing the word. Somebody will be teaching you this midnight. If you have imagined it before, let me see your hands. So, is this something you plan for? <laughs> is something you stumble into? And I'm walking you some summer. Now, let me leave the you picture so that I don't make everything so clear. I want God to make it clear. So, the call, when we say the call of God, it will mean something that was not in your agenda before. When we say the call of God, it will mean something that you were not planning for. You had your own desires, a man had his own ambitions. It, it's like you had your own plan, but it's as though something just happened. An interruption into a regular course of doing, of doing things. It is not something you planned for. So it is an unplanned for call. It's not something you solicit for. You don't beg for the call of God. Just like uh, Simon the Sorcerer in Acts 8. He says, give me this power that anybody I lay my hands on. And Peter said, your, it not, it, Peter did not just say he perished. He said, your money. <laughs> that means you will perish. Your money too will also perish. <laughs> Both of you are perishing together. <laughs> because he said, because you say you want, to use the, you want to use money to buy the gift of God. So you, it's not something you say, Lord, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. Call me. Lord, call me, oh, call me, call me. It's not something you do. It's not something you plan for. It's not something you solicit for. It's not something you use money to buy. That's how some people, they used to buy bishop online. You know? <laughs> some of you don't know anything. You know, if you, want to, if you want to be a bishop today, just go to one course online. Apply, do the course, maybe two weeks, three weeks course. And they will give you a certificate and you will now be called Bishop Koredi. <laughs> B- Bishop. <laughs> Bishop Koredi. Or Bishop Aristobulus. Or maybe like Bromatu now, they will just change him to Reverend Matthew. How about that? That's good. I, it sounds good. <laughs> Look at Gehazi too. Somebody that had, he was working with a man that was called. Unfortunately, he could have been called, but he lost it by money, greed, and he's lost. So you don't arrange for it. It's an interruption, something you are not planning for. Are you learning something tonight? Are you following me, guys? I don't know if you get it to this point. Let me see your hands. Okay, cool. An interruption, something you are not planning for. Something you were not thinking about. So you don't plan for the call of God. You don't seek for it. You can't say to God and say, God, take these thousands of dollars and call me. <laughs> if that's the case, Ali Kodangote will be a Muslim and also have a call. <laughs> or... Warren Buffett will be Bishop Buffett. We'll be, we, we be a Bishop Buffett. Or Elon Musk now will have been Pastor Mox. You know, and it's, it's, it'll be a good one. So you don't settle for it. And you cannot also compete for it. A lot of people think that, let me just be a good brother in church. Let me just be submitting my report, which you should do. 
Let me be faithful, which which you should be faithful, so that I can get to this height. No, it doesn't happen by competition. Competition will not give you a call. So, the call of God is an interruption into the regular affairs of your life. Now, let's look at the Old Testament. Now, we'll proceed and pick it there. Are you ready for this? Genesis 12. Let's look at Abraham's story. I believe God will start talking to you now. And he has started. And I know he has started. Genesis 12, verse 1. Let's start from verse 11. Let's start from Genesis 11, verse 26. Let's trace this guy. Abraham. We seem to be doing a lot of studies around this, right? <laughs> Genesis 11, verse 26. It says, And Terah lived 70 years and begat Abraham, Naor, and Aaron. It says, And this were the generation of Terah. Terah begat Abraham, Naor, Aaron, and Aaron began Lot. And Aaron died before his father, Terah, and Terah in the land of his nativity in all of Shadis. And Abraham and now took them wives, and the name of Abraham's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife was Micah, and the daughter of Aaron, the father of Micah, and the father of Isaac. But Sarah was barren, and she had no child. And Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot, and the son of Aaron his son's son, and Abraham and Sarah his daughter-in-law, and sons Abraham's wife, and they went forth with them from Yorushadis to go unto the land of Canaan. And came unto Haran and dwelt there. Verse 32. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, we've seen a background story of Abraham. Now, let's see from verse 12. Let's see chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee. And I will make thy name great. Ah. This wasn't something this guy was planning for. I don't know if you see it. He was in his father's house. He was doing his business. In fact, he was born. If, if we look at historical record of this, Abraham was born a businessman. His father had the business. They had all of the. That's why if you notice that when Abraham was leaving places, the Bible used to describe how they leave a place, that they go with a lot of servants, people working for them, people working with him. So he had his business, he was doing his own normal, regular life. And God just said, and the Lord said to him, get out from your country. He says, from thy kindred, and even from your father's house. Ah, unto the land that we show thee. So God just stepped into his plan. Interrupted something. God stepping into his plan such that he had to change his locations. His priority also had to change. Are you following these guys? Are you following this? Let's look at Moses. Exodus 2. We're going to be picking some people because we are looking at what? The call of God or the call to ministry. Exodus 2. Let's see this guy, Moses. 
you look at in Exodus 2, if we start in verse 1, and then went a wife, then went a man, Exodus 2 verse 1, of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son, for she saw him that he was a goodly child, and she hid him three months, and when she could no longer hide him, she took him for him an ark of brushes, and dubbed it, and slime with the peach, and put the child therein, and she laid into the flags of the river blanks, blah, 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 blah. That's how Moses was born. Now, let's read in verse, let's see in verse, uh, let's look at in verse 10. And the child grew, and brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, and she bare his son, and she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of water. And it came to pass in those days, when Moses was grown, that he went out into unto his brethren, and looked on their bodies, and despised an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one and his brethren. So the guy was doing his own thing. Now look at the verse, look at the, in fact, even look at in verse 14, and he said, Who has made thee a prince and a judge of ours, intended that thou should kill me, and thou fearest the Egyptian? Moses feared them, said, Surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, and Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh, and then in the eyes of Media, and sat in a way. You know, this guy was just going about his normal life activities. Are you seeing it? He's just doing his own normal thing. In fact, look at in verse 16. He had his job. And the priest of Midian and seven daughters came to drink water, and they filled the truck with their father's flock. And the shepherd came and drew that Moses stood up and helped them and their flock. Now, see, look at in verse uh, 18. And they came to reward the father. And I said that you are so true today. And he said, And he shall deliver us for the heart of the shepherd and drew water enough for us, and blah, 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 blah. Now, in verse 20, he said unto his daughters, Where was he? Why is it that he left the man? Call him that he may eat the bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses the poorer his daughter. See, the guy was just doing his own normal thing. His own thing. And it came to pass in verse 23, in the process of that, the kid of Egypt died, and all of those things. And God remembered, look at it, verse 24, the groaning of, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked at the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Then chapter 3, verse 1. Look at Moses doing his normal day, day shift. Chapter 3, verse 1. Let's read it together. Now Moses kept the flock of Detri, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and fled the flock on the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God even to Oreb. So he was doing his day sheep. He was feeding the flock of his father-in-law. That was his work. Then verse 2, an interruption. And an angel of the Lord appeared unto him. He was still doing his own normal thing. And said, appeared unto him in the flame of fire, out of the midst of the bush, and look, and behold, the bush was burning in fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will not turn the side of which great side while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see, God called unto him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here I am. 
And he said, draw not thither, put off thy shoes, off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is an holy ground. Where, moreover, he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry, and by reason of their tax master, for I know their sorrow. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Israelites, to bring them out of the land. And out of the Greek flowing with meek and only and look at it, verse 9. Now therefore, brethren, now therefore behold the crowd of the children and all of those things. Look at it, verse 10. Now come, and I'll send it to Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth their children, before thy people and the children of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Ah, who am I? He had to argue. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Like, so like, who am I to preach? That's the meaning. Who am I to pray? Who am I to heal the sick? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh that I should bring for the children out of Israel? And he said, certainly I will be with thee. And I will be talking unto thee. And that I have sent him when he has brought forth the children. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I come into the children of Israel, what will I say? Look at the kind of questions he was asking. And he, because it came to him what? Unprepared for an interruption. An interruption. That's why he began to give excuse. He started giving excuse. Say, who am I? God simply stepped in. It was not in line with his plan and his purpose in life. It was not in line. He was feeding his father's flock gently. Father's in law's flock gently. And the plan or the call came in. That's why many are times you just be going on your way. Bro, have you believed the gospel? <laughs> and that's it. You're just going on your way. Minding your own business. Going to class. Bro, sorry, sorry. Can just give me five minutes of your time. He said, I don't have time. I don't have time. Have you believed the gospel? Say, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. Yeah, I know. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I've not heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah speak now. <laughs> you were not planning to meet anybody that day. Interruptions. I'm never seeing the picture. I'm never seeing this picture. Okay. If it makes sense, let's start going. David, first Samuel 16. Let's let's I'm, I'm going to show you quick scriptures and I'm going to explain a whole lot of things to you. I hope I, I hope I still have your attention. First Samuel 16. Look at something. This story is a very interesting one. I read this story and I was like, ha, ha. This, look at First Samuel 16. Let's read it. Are you there? Let's read it together. It says, and the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn over Saul? That have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill their arms with oil, and I will go and I will send it to Jesse, Bethmelite, uh, which have provided the kid, the king among the sons. And someone said, How can I go? If so, yet it will kill me. Now, look at the verse 3, first Samuel 16. And he called Jesse, and called Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee which thou should do and, and whom I named thee. In verse 4, and Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. 
And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Commence thou peaceably. And he said, Peaceably I come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourself and he shall be sanctified. Now verse 6. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked at Ahab, the first son of Jesse. He looked at Ahab and said, Surely the Lord anointed this city. You know, there's some people that look like bad. Just looking at them, you just say, This one is man of God. And then, the way they will get all their shirts, they will put, they put, <laughs> The the star, they are, they are fitted. You know, the, uh, uh, that was Eliab. Eliab was that guy. That as 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 um, Sam, as Samuel came into, bless you. <laughs> oh, bless you. What 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 seeky? They use the King James version to respond. What seeky? Behold, I comment. <laughs> so Eliab. So. Look at the verses. Let's read it. He said, it came to pass that when they come, he looked at Eliab and said, Ah, <laughs> this is the guy. The guy's shoe was getting The guy was ready for the call. <laughs> you know, we say call is interruption. This one, he was ready. He was like, I've been waiting for this. You know, there are people like that. They're like, Ah, if God did not choose me, who else? <laughs> you know, how many of you, you've been in. You've been in, in schools where they had to choose class captain. I don't know if you have been in this situation. <laughs> and there are some boys that have been saying, <laughs> or maybe senior boys or prefect days. And some people, you, you, everybody in the class, they didn't know that. This is the senior boy. When they now call the name, they now call somebody that is not worthy. How many of you that <laughs> You know, ah, this one. So everyone, we are not looking at the bro like, I don't know if nothing has happened to you. Bro. <laughs> I remember in my school. <laughs> so, I'll give you two scenarios, two stories about it. There was this guy. Everybody, anything? Ah, senior boy. They now called one guy that, if I wish to call the guy Baby Kisui. You know when somebody's Baby Kisui, like, the guy used to act like a baby. The guy would just sit down in his locker and be peeling his skin. We used to abuse him like, who the hell is this? You are a boy, grow up. Why would you be peeling your skin? So, if we ever imagine that he will be a prefect, it was in our imagination. They just said, now, the senior boy, they mentioned his name. Yeah? All of us were, this is how we started looking. God confirms. <laughs> I will not give you another one. In my own time. Ha! So I got to this place. I was not qualified to be a prefect. As per, I just entered the body house. So, because of the curiosity of my classmates, all in the name of the one to receive the position. And you know, boarding school now, everywhere is opened on Friday, even the staff room. And as senior boys, then we, we can enter. Ah, sorry for those of you that are Americans who don't really understand what I'm saying, but I'm sure you are getting. <laughs> yeah, you following? Okay, cool. Sister Dushia, you following? You go, okay. Thank you. <laughs> so now, are you following? <laughs> so now, look at this. Now, so that day, we now went into the staff room. So somebody just went to the staff room and went to just start searching for what is not lost. They now saw the list. The guy now came back. I said, Benson, 
when did you come to this school that you are collecting two positions? And me, I don't even have one. Ah, I said, what did we carry? What did we throw? So that's how they started jealousy me. How you, and let me tell you, in the body now, in our own school, in the body now, the most, the most prized position is the dining prefect and social prefect. Because you have control over all the activities. People will play ball, people will do, people will, people will have game night, people will have social night. You have all the, all the control. And you now, and everybody likes food, especially in my set. You now have the control of the dining. Ah! Even the senior boy that they chose as senior boy wanted the position. He didn't want the senior boy. So he became a toss. And I now started the press club of the school. So I was now press club president. So then I said, only you. No, we are not going to take it. So they started opposing me, trying to report me doing this. I'm sure some of them will listen to this. <laughs> they started doing this. All their attend failed. The day they now announced it, the dining prefect and social prefect, Ayomide Benson. Come and see. Everybody clapped. All the juniors clapped. But my own classmates, every time, just, just because they like him. Because his father is in America, that's why. <laughs> so, Eliab, back to what we are saying. He already looked like the core. He was dressed up. He was that guy that always wears suits, even at home. He's tied up at home. Like, I have to be met. I, I cannot be met on PPA. So as someone saw him, we just said, ah, Lord, I knew I, did, I would not waste time before. <laughs> this is the guy. And the Lord said unto Samuel, very detailed in verse 7, look not on his countenance, not the height of his stature. He was that tall guy, prim and proper beard kept, you know, his ear, his ear were aligned, everything looking nice, his perfumed, He's perfumed up. <laughs> he says, look not on his countenance or the height of his stature because I have refused him. <laughs> like my mother used to say, man proposes, God disposes. <laughs> he says, because I have refused him. He was too ready for the call. Too ready. It was like his tongue said, Call, rubber call, rubber call, call me Lord. <laughs> See, I've been a Christian for a few days. <laughs> I've met some brothers. <laughs> I've been a Christian for a few days. Though. I've met some brothers, some brethren. When you talk to them, they say, brother, he's dead now. God, God, God I, 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 I'm so sad to say this, but when I first met him, his hand gesticulation alone, you know, ah, <laughs> this is a man of God. The way he carries, he's always backed up. 
There's a bag he's wearing. He's always on sandals, talking. It's like, you know, <laughs> the way he talks, it's like he has polished his words. And I asked somebody one day, I said, you go to the same church with this guy. What's, I, I don't know. Conversation just stayed. He said, oh, he's the one giving our church problem. I said, ah. And I told <laughs> this guy, if he explains the word for you, you'll be thinking, ah. my friend, my, my friend listen to this, my friend will say, man of God. If, we, if this guy explains doctrine, you say, ah, bro, calm down. The grammar we use, the English, the and just, you know, this, you know, you, you still use your hand like this. The, the way he carries the hand, like, you know, like, <laughs> you don't worry, ah. <laughs> so, I now asked one of my friends, at least I got that one born again, got her feud. I expect that she should have a good conduct in the church. Like, this brother, he said, ah, he's somebody that we are praying about. It's actually troubling our soul in this church. If we're ever thinking of how we should send it to another branch. I said, ah. <laughs> Open. And when you see this guy, you cannot know that. See, let me, I will, I will share what I've seen brethren. He says, for the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh at the heart. And you know, I will just say this in passing for some of you. So if you just, you are so carried away, you look at someone and you say, ah, this one, it's a Christian. <laughs> no. The Lord look at the heart. I want to say some stories, but I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've seen things in this my few life, in this my small years, in this my small life. Some brethren, some bread and sis. That's how. Let me share this one. <laughs> That's how this brother too. He was a president. Youth president. Ah. This brother, when he's praying, when he's doing things, you'll be wondering, ah, the Holy Ghost. Ah, share, he was a thief. I'm not joking. When we found out, the guy just vanished. <laughs> the, the, the next place I saw that guy was my was Instagram. You had the effort to send me a prayer request. Probably thought maybe his sins has been forgiven in my mind. <laughs> he stole church money. I'm not joking. We were to go to camp. Everybody donated money for this brother. And when this brother is one, his best message is sincerity of heart. You, when he's preaching like this, is. He tell you, brother, why are you not sincere? <laughs> this guy stole an entire money that we want to use to travel to camp. We now go to camp. Driver say, where's our money? We say, ah, bro, pay this money. 
This guy just kept saying, eh, you know, uh, <laughs> that's how we got stranded. Till we started sorting out money. This was years ago. I'm saying, so did you listen to this? So you say, why did you say this story? That's why I tried not to say it. I'm telling you, how when you see the brother like this, a whole lot of women were dying for him. You know, and you know the funniest thing? That wasn't the first time. Assuming that's the first time we will say, okay, it's a mistake. But it was a continuous habit. And you will ask a sister, who is your crush? Ah, bro, this, I don't want to mention the name. Say, who is your crush? Bro, ah, everybody just say, if I we the brothers in the church that we were in school, we were jealous of the guy. Ah, why are you stealing all these girls away from us? <laughs> why are you stealing all these girls? Everybody say, ah. Who is your crush? His brothers. And he was fat. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was. He was quite. He was quite bodied. And he wasn't. In fact, there was one day me and my. There's one day me and Soji with Sada say, What's the with this guy say? Ah, who is your crush? Brothers. Why? They just like the charisma, the way. When, so, <laughs> I'm sorry to share this story. When we now found out that the guy was a thief, our, I think it was only that said, let's go ask them again, who is their crush? I've seen this, I've seen this. Let's, I have so many stories to share with you, but maybe not tonight. <laughs> oh. mm, God. Okay. So look at it, verse 8. <laughs> Jesse called Abinadab and he made a pass before Samuel. So all of them were doing pity pageant. Pass. <laughs> he made a pass before Samuel. Samuel looked at him. The Lord has not chosen you. Move. <laughs> verse 9. Jesse said, Shama, pass by. Neither has the Lord shows you this. Okay. Jesse again made all the seven sons pass beside him. And the Lord has not chosen any. In fact, even Samuel, the prophet, would have been frustrated. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are ye all thy children? And he said, Ah, he remembered. Yeah. There's even one guy. By history, I'll tell you from the scriptures, because of... In, in explaining proper Bible context. In history, it was reported that David was not born from the mother of the seven children. He was born out of wedlock. So it was that guy that they didn't really consider as their family. Are you getting what I'm saying? Like, hey, you are not our mother's child. Are you seeing it? You are not even our father's so It's just you are born by mistake. <laughs> so David was that guy. So someone has said, oh, you know, even the father, Jesse, did not imagine that God will call that one. If he has imagined anybody, it will have been the first or earlier, because that one looked like the man of God. <laughs> that one was already waiting for the call. <laughs> he said, yes, that remained yet the youngest. And behold, he kept the sheep. So David was doing his own regular thing. In fact, seven, David did not know that several people had passed by. 
<laughs> and, it was, and they didn't choose him. Is it saying that fetch him? For we will not sit down till they come. The brothers are watching. You and we will not sit down for that one. And they sent and brought him, for he was ruddy and without of a beautiful countenance. So he was rough. He said he was not shaved, he was not barbed, he was not like Eliab. That, that his suit was, a, he was suited. This was just wear slippers, he just don't even do anything. And he says, and he said, the Lord said, arise and anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took his own in the midst of the brethren, and the Spirit of Lord came upon David that day forward. Interruption. What was Samuel doing? His own regular life. And the call came to meet him there. Are you following this? So men didn't choose him. He comes by the call of God. So it doesn't come by popular election. You don't beg for it. It is unsolicited for. The call of God, you don't beg for it. It's unsolicited for. Look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1. Look at Jeremiah 1. Verse 4. <clears throat> it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, <clears throat> Before I formed, formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth from the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee the prophet unto all nations. He said, he gave excuses just like Moses. And said, ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. He does not call. God does not care. The call has come. He wasn't asking for it. Saw the king also. He was going about his normal business, so somewhere then. He had his own business, and the call stepped in. Even Elijah. Even in Elijah. I mean, Elisha. I, I wrote something about Elisha. Okay, I will get to Elisha soon. Even Elisha, too. The call came in. So it's not something you beg for. So the call of God is not orchestrated by men. Don't, that's why I'll teach you this. Don't get to a point where you, now that you are called, or those, those of you that know that you are called, <laughs> don't start to start trying to orchestrate things. Learn to watch how God deals with you. See, there's something called, <clears throat> I'm trying to be careful, let me say it loosely. There's something called the dealings of God with a man. Some of you, you can, if you have checked the patterns of how God works with you, you just have to know it. Sometimes, maybe, maybe some way, maybe some people, maybe you are trying to, maybe God is trying to call your attention towards something, something just happens. Some of you, you know, there are certain things that when this happens, you know, no, this is what God is doing. How many of you have that kind of experience? Ah, Chris, it's because you are not paying attention. You have not been paying attention to what God has been doing with your life. There's a way God actually works with you. There's a way. There's a way. Just watch how God deals with you. Psalm 127 verse 1. It says, I said, the Lord build the house, those that labor, labor in vain. 
So don't orchestrate things yourself. That's why you see some people, they will tell you, ha, once I praise God like this, the answer is yeah. They've just, known, they've just learned how God deals with them. Some will say, let me just fast. Some will say, ah, the fact that my card did not work. I remember that last time my card did not work. This happened, this happened, this happened. And it's just a sequence. I'm just giving a vague story. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you have to learn those things. Okay, so because the most effective thing for a Christian is to do what he ought not to have done at all. The most efficient thing for a Christian is to do what he ought not to have done at all. Imagine you are running another person's race, doing what God did not send you to do at all. So the call is predestined. Now, when I say predestined, the Calvinists will come in on this one. No, the predestined doesn't mean that uh, everybody is predestined. No, because you are predestined at salvation. And even though you are predestined at salvation, somebody will still preach to you. You still have a choice to believe it or not. Are you seeing it now? That's predestined. Because when the Calvinists hear predestined, it doesn't mean I said it. Everybody was the fact that you are sitting here, God has ordained it from the beginning to be predestined here. No, there's a people that ought to be seated here. They just chose not to come. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's an unsolicited for call. I'm, get, I'm entering into the nitty gritties of this. So I need you to pay attention. So there is an original call. And who has called you should not uncall you. Now let's enter the New Testament so that we can bring it home. We've seen that. We've seen all those guys now in the Old Testament, right? I just showed you a few examples. And you saw that the call interrupted their lives, right? They were going about their normal business, going about their normal life activity, and the call came in, right? Now let's look at how Jesus speaks the disciples because that's also a call. Look at Matthew 10. Matthew 10. So we said the call is not something you plan for, right? Look at Matthew 10. He called his disciples. Look at it in verse 1. He says, and when he had called unto his 12 disciples, he had called his disciples. So look at it in Matthew 4 verse 18. Let's, let's speak. Let's look at some, some specific people. Matthew 4 18. Matthew 4 18. And Jesus, so that you can, and, and I want you, how many of you, as I'm teaching, some things are already flashing through your minds. Let me see your hands. If, if some things are flashing through your minds already. Okay. It's going to make sense. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon and Peter, called Simon, and Andrew his brother, casting their net, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. In verse 20 it says, and straight away left their nets and followed him. Now, I want you to observe something. He called people out of their regular course of things. They were just doing their fishing business. They did not know him before. Look at Matthew 9 verse 9. Let's see another story there of how he called another disciple. Matthew 9 verse 9. Look at it. And Jesus passed forth from things and they saw a man named Matthew. I mean, maybe it's our brother Matthew. <laughs> he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of the custom. And he said what? Follow me. And he arose and followed him. 
So the guy was just doing his own regular thing, activity, doing his own life, doing his own job. And notice something, they didn't know Jesus prior to this time. Are you seeing it? And the call came on their life. Look at Saul of status or Paul in Acts 9. He was just going over his normal activities, going to bridge, bridge threats to the disciples in Damascus, on the road to Damascus, at 9. Go to at 9. At 9. At 9. He says, and saw, yet breathing out threatness, verse 1, and slaughter against disciples of the Lord and the high priest, and desired of him letters of Damascus to the synagogue, and he found of any, whether they be men or women, and he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And he journeyed and came near Damascus and suddenly, so he was going about his own normal activity and the call came. So, so that means God simply stepped on the scene and calls men. So you must never substitute an original call. You must not. You must not substitute an original call. Some of you, as I'm teaching you, pictures are flashing through your minds of a specific moment. You can never substitute that. And that's why you have to distinguish it from your associations. Every time people obeyed the call, they left all. They obeyed all and left all. In Mark 10, verse 28 to 29. Mark 10. Look at Mark 10. Mark 10, verse 28 to 29, it says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and followed him. Now, what does leaving all means? Because a lot of people think, when we say, you have left all to follow him, a lot of people think, ah, thank God, I'm not going to school again since I want to leave all to follow Jesus. Thank God. I don't want to enter medical school again since I want to do ministry. Thank God I'm not going to do business again. I'll just be serving the Lord Jesus. <laughs> That's not living all. That's not how to live all. When the Bible says left all, what does it mean? Because some take it as to, to, be, to, be, to be, some imply it as a physical disintegration from their family. They'll just be in their room. God has called me. So I cannot, I just can't talk again. You know. Some people will stop talking. What happened to you? I have a call. <laughs> <laughs> the call of God is on my life. <laughs> Some people stop talking. Some people stop earning for a living. That's why you now see that food. They will now say they are going for full-time ministry. I don't want to work again. I just want to go to Bible school. I just... <laughs> it's just like me when I was young. When I knew God called me, I told my mother. I said, I'm going out. I'm leaving this house. I packed my bag. I'm not joking. I packed my bag. Pack everything. My mother said, ah. <laughs> you know, honestly, this... This adult are actually wise. So. 
It's as I grew up, I started thinking of some of my foolishness. <laughs> I packed my bag in the middle of the night. Not in the day. <laughs> in the night. Always in the night. And I just said, I'm leaving. It was this Ghana must go back. I just packed it. Mother said, where are you going to? I said, God has called me. I just want to go and find it out. <laughs> my mother said, ah. Are you the first person God we call? <laughs> she said, at least you will still finish school. I said, I'm not going again. <laughs> so my mother said, oh, so you mean the school fees I paid this time? <laughs> you will not do your exams. <laughs> I'm not joking. It took probably prayers and intervention to change my mind. I got to school, I was looking at my class teacher like this. <laughs> I, think I, I have a call. School will perish on this end. I'm going after things that are imperishable. I'm not joking. I was, they were teaching me like this. In fact, I now had a lesson teacher, Mr. Peter. He told me, he said, ah, I'm a pastor. I said, I don't want to be this kind of your own pastor. He said, I'm a pastor. I have a job. I'm even teaching you this evening. As soon as I'm teaching you, I'm going back to church. I said, I don't want to be like that. I said, God, call me. He said, ah, God also call me. I said, no, maybe you had a missed call. I'm not joking. As, as young as I was, I was arguing with him. He said, ah, somebody must have been praying for me. Because I wanted to run mad. Because I have a call. <laughs> That's why when I tell you people, go to school, go and read. Don't make my mistake. Ah, hey. <laughs> I, I hated school. I felt like, me, school, I have a call. <laughs> so, because we would just read the Bible and say, they left hall. <laughs> That's the delusion many people are in. They left all and followed him. If they really left all, their net should have been missing. Why did they go back to dust the net? <laughs> so it means they kept the net. They were using it as siders. <laughs> you know, the Bible says, Get thee out, Abraham, from your family and onto a land I will show you. So I wanted to act on that scripture. So I picked up my bag in the middle of the night onto a land that God will show me. My mother said, ah. <laughs> that means, are you sure you're not running mad? <laughs> ah. Peter didn't leave his wife. First Corinthians 5, 9 verse 5, Paul said, a, the brother that leads about a sister, that apostle of God that leads about a sister, Jesus even went to heal Peter's mother-in-law. So if he really left all, at least he should have left his wife. So say, ah, thank God. So that means we can still marry and live and do many things. <laughs> they still had family. They still had lands. They still had possession. They still had their business. Paul that really left all 
Paul told us, I labored abundantly with my hands that I will not beg. The Bible says, Paul was a tent maker and he left all. <laughs> so, what does living all mean? Don't be a, don't enter a delusion like me when I was younger. I packed my bag and wanted to leave all. I remember, Soji will laugh at this if he hears this. Me and Soji, we had a plan. Let's just go to the mountain and stay there for 40 days and leave our all. I don't know the message we heard, but whatever we heard, he did something. So we started planning. So you bring this food, you steal this from your house. You steal this, you say, so you steal yam, you always have yam at home. You say, you, I say, you gav gari, me, I always have gari. So we planned everything. So we'll be living on the mountain. If they call you, you will not pick. You have left all. So we told ourselves, we silence our phone, we even throw our phone away, we throw inside the water, we do everything. We'll just be living on the mountain. We were like Eliab, we were waiting for the call. <laughs> so that at least when the call comes, it will meet us ready on the mountain. We planned it though. But somebody must have really been praying for us that we really don't go mad. Because the day of the execution to the plan, rain fell. <laughs> the day we were supposed to pack our bag and Alpha, is Gary ready? Me too. Yeah, I'm ready. We've already stolen everything. The day we were supposed to just leave the house and escapulate to our mountain. Rain. A, a sudden heavy rain just started falling. And you know that kind of rain that falls from morning to evening? We now met the next day in church. That was now on the sun. So we plan to go on a Saturday so that we will miss church on Sunday so that they will be looking for us in church. And we are leaders. They will be looking for us in church. We say, brethren, we just came out from the mountain. The Lord is moving in our ministry. <laughs> mountain experience. They must have been praying for. So we not, what happened? That's how his, I think his mother found out that he stole the Gary somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> me, they did not catch me. I knew how to clean my own tracks. They caught him. That's how the Gary plan. So we now said, if we now go this mountain, what will we eat? That's how we did not go again. But I believe. <laughs> and we didn't have money. Somebody must have been praying for our stupidity. That we should not be stupid enough. All because we wanted to leave Hall. So I have an ambition. I wanted to be a president. I said, no. A man that leaves Hall can't be that. I wanted to be this. I've left Hall. So what does the Hall mean? Hall simply means your priorities have changed. Simple. Abraham left all, but did not leave Sarah. <laughs> I thought if he wanted to leave all, he would dump Sarah somewhere. Abraham left all. He took all his maid servants along. Yeah, business starts wherever we go. <laughs> if you have listened to the course of the course, I told you they kept journeying for one place. All the maid servants, everybody, they kept following. Hey, let's plant more business here. Let's do more things. Let's make money. So living all 
simply means your priorities change. That is, first and foremost, a called man, you have the consciousness of the call of God on your life. It doesn't stop you from going to school. It doesn't stop you from having a job. It doesn't stop, but in all of those activities, you will understand that this has a greater priority in your life. It doesn't stop you from doing your business. It doesn't stop you from making money. In fact, it doesn't stop you from having a family. First Timothy 5 verse 8, it says, the man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. So, but it simply means you dedicate all for the cause of the gospel. So, what does it mean to have a call? Remember we said, it's an interruption. It's not something you are expecting, right? It's not something you are soliciting for. It's not something you are begging for. Now, let's look at a wrong conception about the call. What are the wrong misconceptions about the call? Number one, the concept of full-time ministry. Wrong misconceptions about the call of God. The concept of full-time ministry. A lot of people, like I was before, naive. Not, not now. I mean, years ago. Don't go and think it was yesterday. I mean, I'm talking about 10, 15 years ago. That's when all these things, are, all these stories are telling you Apple do. <laughs> Look and say, ah, Pastor, oh, I, I'm not. Uh, God really has worked on me. <laughs> the concept of full time ministry. Paul had a profession, so Paul could not have preached full time ministry. He earned for his own income. Second Thessalonians 3, if you read that place, you will see it. So, that you have a call doesn't excuse you from being hardworking. It doesn't excuse you from being the best in your career. It doesn't excuse you from being the best in your business. It doesn't mean that because you have a call, you should start feeling exam like I did when I was younger. I felt like I had a call. So, as I'm reading my book, I'm seeing the call. I'm seeing the mass, the equation. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, I have a call. So I shall get to the exam. I will fail the exams because I had the call. Stupid me. No. It doesn't stop you from... In fact, there was one brother. He came to me. I told him, I said, Emoji, how do you want to go about without a job? He said, God will take care of it. <laughs> I said, Emoji, <laughs> you and I know that you have to look for something to do. Go and dust your certificate and go and look for money. He said, ah, eh. I said, go and look for money. Go and look for it. So it doesn't excuse you from being. So because a lot of people, when they have a call like that, they just say, oh, Thank God, though. God has called me. <laughs> Let me just be sleepy and be praying and be studying the word every day. 
Don't leave your common sense. Even though you live on, <laughs> don't leave your common sense. It just calls for more discipline. You will read your book, you will pass your exams, you face your studies, you face your businesses, make money. But at that, what has the greater priority in your heart? The call, the consciousness of the call. Number two misconceptions about the call. Bible school. A lot of people think that when I go to a Bible school, that means God has called me. <laughs> Statistics shows that. Hardly do people that go to Bible school do ministry after they are finished. <laughs> now, don't get what I'm saying wrong. It's not wrong to go to Bible school, but it is not the call to ministry. No battery talent ought. Some people believe that once you can have a good diction, you can speak good grammar, you can sing. So some people will call themselves lady evangelist. <laughs> Just because they can sing. Lady evangelist. What's, what's that? <laughs> Is that among the ministry gifts? Lady evangelist. Now, the ones that is trending is minister. Once, a body, once, once somebody starts singing like this, minister Tony. <laughs> or once your song, your Christian song that you sang, blue, your name switches. So if it was, if it was in your day before, it would be in your day sax. Let's say you play keyboard, uh, trumpet, you had a sax. Or let's say you can sing, ministerial. There's even one, ministerial. <laughs> that does not mean you are called. That's not the, Some people believe that once they can get a good suit, have a good diction, speak good grammar, talk to people, oratory, success, motivation, they say they think it's called to ministry. Some people also equate their intelligence. Some people can, some people now, the kind of intelligence they have, they can repeat everything I've said since, word for word. It doesn't equate that you are called. <laughs> That's just natural head brain. So some people think, as far as they can, the Greek word is. Well, the Greek word for this is susuzuzu. They feel like they are called. No. So your talent out doesn't mean you are called. Number four. Starting a church doesn't mean you are called to ministry. You can start a church out of ambition. You can start a church because you don't want anybody to control you. You want to be your own man. You can start a church because you just feel like you want to have your own ministry. <coughs> it does not equal to the call. Another one. Male electing you to a position. The keyboardist. The drama. Leader. What is even drama? In fact, those that even do drama too now, evangelist. 
ministries. You see, that's how somebody told me one day. She said, I'm a dancer. I said, eh, hey. She said, as I dance, men see it and they receive the, the gospel. I said, how? He said, it is part of ministry. I said, so? And I said, wait. And I said, <laughs> I, I dance. I said, so, does that mean you have believed now? So, I will go to a scene and I do, Tintipaya. Hey, uh, the world is over. I know they will not talk. They call it a. Uh, what they call it? No. <laughs> eh? They call it something. Praise dance. So you don't. I remember I met you. I did too as a dancer. You. Oh. And you believe the gospel. Ow! No, that's what some people think. They will now hold one blue and red ribbon. I'll be, I'll be doing like this in church. That's a Men, we respond to the call. So what do you do in the body of Christ? I shake yellow and red clothes for for the men in the body of Christ. So, I'm also called to the ministry. Some people believe that if they can give the pastor, some people believe that as far as I'm giving the pastor and the church money, I don't have to be in church. I'll just be giving the money. My money helped the propagation of the gospel. So, I'm also called they play. <laughs> a whole lot of misconception. Some people believe that as far as I sing alongside with the choir and the pastor, I'm called. No. It's a wrong misconception. So let's begin to bring it home as we gradually start to put all what we have been saying into proper perspective and close. We said the call is an interruption into the affairs of a man. And you know, you cannot keep a good man down. There's a conversation me and my friend were having one day. And I said, you can easily spot the call of God on a man's life. There are some people they will just enter a church. You will just know that this person will preach. How do you know? I remember there was a church I attended one time. As soon as I entered, the next Sunday, I became a Sunday school teacher. You can't, you can't, you know what? I thought, I, I was telling you, I said, you can't stop the call. The upper Sunday, Abby, that, the next month, I preached on the pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I took a Sunday service in a church I just joined one month ago. If not that, the pastor of the church, they have to go through procedures to ordain people. He would have ordained me. <laughs> you can't, you, you will spot it. 
You will spot it immediately. There is no way I get to. The only thing is just give me the mic. Just let me talk. Sometimes if I try to be quiet, try to hide myself, they say, ah, just give us something. As soon as I talk, they say, why have you been quiet all this while? Ah. You can't stop the call of God on the life, on the life of a man. You can't. It's there. Your agitation does not call you. You don't manipulate to get the call. It's the grace of God on your life. So there's a difference. It's easily spotted. So as men come into your ministry, sometimes don't, don't try to keep them down. Train them and let them do what God has called them to do. Characteristics of the call of God on your life. Number one, there will be changes. There will be changes in the course of things. Your directions will change, just like Paul. Paul's direction changed. The course of things will change naturally. And that's the grace of God at work. Do you know, Elisha was older than Elijah. Let's look at history. Elisha was older than Elijah. 1 Kings 19. Verse 19 to 21. <clears throat> According to history, Elisha was older than And <clears throat> Elisha followed Elijah. So Elisha followed the man that is older than him. Abi, somebody that is younger than him. Look at 1 Kings 19. <clears throat> Verse 19. He says, So he departed from thence and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yokes of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. So Elisha was actually doing his own thing. Elisha too was doing his own thing. And what happened? He just put a mantle on him and that was it. And he left the oxen and ran to Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother. And then I will follow thee. And he said, Go back again. For what have I done to thee? And he returned from back from him and took the yoke of the oxen. And boiled their flesh. And the instrument of the oxen and gave the people and they did it. And he arose and went after Elijah and ministered to him. It changes your course. It just changes your interruption. The things you were chasing before, you just start chasing a new thing. Your priorities change. You are, yes, a doctor, but the major form, foremost thing on your mind is a preacher of the gospel. So, and that grace compels obedience. Things, and, and let me tell you, things are proven over time. Many people, you see them do call, just do something, just give them years. In Ephesians 4 verse 11, it says, it gives some pastors, prophets, teachers. See, we are not all the same. We can teach you ministry, we can teach you the word of God and say, we are one in Christ. But see, we are not all the same. Mm -mm. There's something called the grace of God. See, if I have a friend, if he comes to this service today, I can't preach. I will just give him the mic. Because he will do it better than I do. And I can't fight it. It's the grace of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And many of you, you have to come to a recognition of what is at work in your life. 
of you don't even know what is at work in your life. We are not all called into the fivefold ministry. There are things that are meant and different for some people. And some, now this is one part I've been trying to get to. Some are not going to respond the same way. Some people will stick. That's why, see, let me tell you. How many of you have heard the message with two people before? Maybe you and your friend, you heard the message. And what's talked to you in the message is different from what's talked to your friend. How many of you? That's about you're, you're like, ah, this thing really. Now, that, that thing eh, is actually a difference. If you check the content of what's talked to you, some people, they might not get anything the message. They just hear the part that pastors say, you are a foolish person and they will run with it and be offended. It seems they are not smart. And so we hear, he, and he prayed. And they are just, they are just challenged. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember a sermon that changed my life. Eh? And when I discussed it with my friend, I told my friend, I said, Jesus. I remember the first time I saw visions and revelation in a meeting, just like this. This guy was just a young guy. His clothes was gaitered. He just taught us. Me, I did not take note. I was not used to taking note at that time. But all I remember was I saw things. Now, guess what? Me and my friend, we went to that meeting. Till today, I still can't remember the note of that of the things the guy used to teach us. But my friend, he's still using that note to preach it today. Now, me, because of the experience of God's word and all of those things, so you know what we now did when we came to our church? He preached, I laid dance to a big pussy. We just recognized each other's grace. Now, I'm bringing this home. Sometimes, we are not all going to, some of you don't, some people don't respond the way they ought to respond. Some people go for a meeting. Some people now, this might be their first mission is possible and they will just run and start a ministry and their lives will change. And some, they can attend 10 missions is possible and nothing will change in their life. Something is wrong with you somewhere. Some, they are here. They are still thinking of, I'm not coming again. Something is already wrong. Now, eh, if they tell me about this thing next year, I will block their number. Something is already wrong with you. You are yielding to something strange. Because number one, your orchestration to this place was already ordained by God. You are now hearing what God wants you to hear. It's time for you to respond. You are adding your heart. See, let me tell you. Many people will struggle if they did not respond to the call. I'm telling you practical life things. You know, I teach you doctrine. I teach you everything. But see, I'm teaching you practical. Some things we stick and some things we not. 
This thing called the call of God, eh? You can't joke with it, too. You can't. Once it's on your life, it is on your life. You can't joke with it. See, that's why some people, they will listen to something like this, they will listen to you, they're just compelled to consecration. You just be praying, you just be like, I just need to fast more, I just need to study more, I'm, I'm spurred up to pray, I'm challenged to study my, the word of God more. Why some will just be wondering, ah, what's going on? What's this? So the man is compelled into consecration, hard work, and the grace of God is available. The call itself is grace. I hope you are really, I just wish you are understanding me this night. I pray it doesn't take you too long for you to understand what I'm saying tonight. The call, that thing called call, it, it is the grace. It's not as if another thing comes on your life called grace. Mm -mm. That call itself is grace. And the day you receive the call to ministry is the, the day you receive the call to it. Is the day you receive grace. Look at at 9.16. At 9.16. At 9.16. It says... For I will show him great and mighty things. Look, in fact, in verse 15, he says, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before. And this was a prophecy concerning Paul. He says, I will show him great and mighty things which he will suffer for my name. Even in Galatians 1, you will see how Paul said it. That's why your friends will differ. Do you know? So we receive the call of God on their life. Look at me, everybody. And they will still return back to some old friends. I was like that. And I struggled for years. I'm telling you a practical story. And that's why I'm teaching you this from the bottom of my heart. I knew it, that I had the call. So I had two sides. I had the bad side and the good side of friends. But guess what? I was always with the bad guys. And that thing, eh, it kept, it's like saying, I kept struggling. See, let me see, let me tell you something. The Bible says the companion of fools work together. If you hang around the wrong company for too long, you will never, never yield to the call of God. See, because this thing, let me tell you. That thing, eh, you stop somebody, they preach to you, you got saved, you prayed, you do all of those things, you think it's normal. You think, oh, you survive, mission is possible, you prayed, you do all of those things. You say, I'm not coming again. You say, I'm not doing. No. It's a call. If you now leave this kind of place now, you still go and mingle with people that are not serious with the gospel. Do you know what will happen? You will forget all I have taught you. They will tell you church. You will say, I beg. I'm not, I'm not interested. You know why? You are in the wrong company. I can tell you this because I'm telling you from experience. People will tell you, I had, I, I so much. And that thing eh, is like saying, it, 
I thank God for maybe restoration. It kind of put a delay in my work in my in my work in the ministry. I believe I would have had more experiences in the work of ministry. And I'm telling you for a fact. I'm, I'm being open to you people. If I didn't hang around the wrong company. So that's why an orchestration of God comes in your life. It's, the call is like an orchestration, like God just prepared you, position you to a place so somebody will meet you, so that this will happen. It, it, just, it just does it. It's not, it's not normal. That thing is not ordinary. It's an orchestration. So you will not reject it. You will not, you were just positioned that way. That's why in Romans 12, verse 6, see, like I said again, we are not all the same. We are not. We differ in ministry. See, there are some things eh, that I know I can do, but I, are my friends, some of my friends can do it better. When it comes to theology, in fact, me and my friend, we still spoke this afternoon. We're still talking about theology and um, the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about the fall of Adam. We're still talking about all of those things. If that guy mistakenly enters this place tonight, I'll just say, oh, let me take note. Come and teach. He has it. I remember last year, December, when I went to minister somewhere, three of us, we had to minister together. We, we saw each other's graces. So then I said, me, it seems like you are very good in exhorting people and charging people very well. Everybody will listen to you. We, you, me, we will sing. We all shine the Holy Ghost for you. This one, you lay hands. You call case. You do the laying on of hands. You see, just you see. I see. We, we just knew what we were doing. Is it that all of us cannot function in that dimension? We can, but we know who is better. Number two thing. The call of God is irrevocable. <laughs> this thing I'm telling you, I'm about to close, though, but I want you to get this thing. The call of God, eh, it will follow you to your grave. God does not redraw his call from your life. That's why he says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Do you know? The apostleship of Judas did not end until Judas died. He was still an apostle even when he was hanging himself. God does not redraw it. That's why a lot of people will struggle if they do not obey it. That's why it seems like some people will keep chasing that money. They will chase it and chase it and chase it and chase it till they die. And they will never have peace. May that not be your life. Amen. Some people will chase, they will just not. You will find them tell you. We used to do it when we were younger. It's guilt that is talking. It's their guilt. You see that prayer thing? Ah, it's because you are still young. It's their guilt that is talking. They know that that's what they ought to be doing. You say, ah, you guys are preaching. Ah, I remember those days we used to preach too. You know what has happened? Their guilt is talking. It's like saying you are reminding them of their life, of what they ought to be doing now. 
and they are not doing it. See, the, the, let me use this word loosely. The baddest thing that can happen to your life is such that you know the call of God on your life and you decide not to do it. You know, I started with Jonah's story. Jonah knew that God sent him to Nineveh. The guy kept going to other cities. He never had peace till he went to do that thing that God had said. He never. He never was okay. In fact, even in the boat, now look at something and hear this well. See, everybody look at me. When Jonah was in that boat, the boat started capsizing. They now did something in the Jewish custom. They threw, they casted lots. In casting lots, I'll teach you in the future, it's like the leading of the spirit. They casted lots. I was wrong. You know what happened? They now found out that somebody is on this boat who is not supposed to be here. Now, why? Now, look at something. No. Was it that he's not supposed to be on the boat? No. A curse already is hanging over his life because he has not obeyed the, 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 the call. And it became a disaster to every other man in the boat. Look at what the call of God does. See, when you have that thing on your life, no matter where you step into, people will recognize that you have the call. But let me tell you, how the devil will twist it for you. Things will be working well in the natural, you think that is it. Mm -mm, it's not. It's not it. A whole lot of lives will be affected because you do not receive that call. Do you know, nations are in your womb that God wants you to reach. He says, there are sheep having no shepherd at Matthew 9. So that call, that thing called the call of God, is irrevocable. It will follow you to your grave. You know, when we started, I explained something to you. I said, it's as though God, God is trying to force you, right? Right, guys? It will follow you. It will be like, it will be like a, a, a weight in your neck. Because he never redraws his call from any man. Number three, the cause goes with the man. It is a gift of God. It is permanent. It will not be given to somebody else. It will stay on your life. See, but if you did not obey that call, eh, and damn all the consequences to obey that call, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But see, don't expect your life to turn out good. I'm telling you, this. see, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm only telling you an ash reality. Your life is different. You must know it. You cannot be following the wind of people. You cannot be following another person's plan. There is a call on your life. It stays with you permanently. I'll give you the story of Samson, Judges 
If you have time, go and read the book of Judges. Judges 14, Judges 15, Judges 16. Samson, even when he thought he had lost it on the last of Delilah, you know what happened? He still went back and still conquered the battle. The cord dies with you. It stays with you. Something already did something contrary to God's plan. And that's why, as a minister of the gospel, you must live a disciplined life. That's why I taught you working with God already. The call goes with that man. It does. And you must understand the call of God on your life. So that orchestration, that meeting point, there is something called the original call of God. You must know it. You must. The call to ministry. You must. And as I close, I will explain. How do you sense the call of God on your life? Or how do you come into contact? Or how do you even know if you have the call of God? Number one, by the written word. I remember a friend of mine, Alok Lumi, I will never forget him. A, cla- a, a former classmate. The guy just read the scriptures and said, Ah, this is what the Lord said about me. He read the scripture again. He said, the, Lord, the Bible says I can speak in tongues. And he began to speak. Nobody laid hands on him. That, that was when I believed that there is something called written word. He said, I don't need hands to be laid on me. He said, this is what the Bible says. I believe it. When you read the written word, you come in contact with the call of God. When the word is preached to you, that's why you must, I'm, I'm coming there. When the word is being preached to you, in its trueness, in its pureness, you come in contact with the call if you are sincere. You must be sincere about it. This thing has, needs sincerity. Don't lie to yourself. I've always taught you. Don't lie to yourself. Be very sincere about it. You know it that you have a call. So why are you trying to run? Why are you trying to be your own man? Why are you trying to hide from the work of ministry? Why are you trying to run away from prayer? That's the attempt of the devil to stop the call. That's the attempt. Why are you trying to run away from that Bible study? Why are you trying to run away? Why? The devil is trying to stop the call. Do you know that once you stop associating with both people of like-minded believers, it gives you immediately a new friends. How many of you know? There are people when you want to backslide. When you have started, when the backsliding thing is already blowing around your head, some people will just start calling you, let's hang out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some old friends will just start messaging you back. Ah, it's been a long time. I just say it all to remind you. They never messaged you before. They've not messaged you in a long time. But that period where you are not praying much again, that period where you are not studying much again, where you are just, as it were, down, you know, that just your downside spiritually. You're just not really engaged in any spiritual activity. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Be honest. They'll just, they'll just call you. They'll just text you. How far? You know the plan. You know what, you know what the devil is trying to do? Leave that your company of that church. They are troubling your life too much. They want to manipulate you. You start seeing reasons. Somebody say, wake up and let's go to church. I'm my own man. <laughs> you have to tell me what to do. 
that's the beginning. Then what do you do? You go and accept the invite of the anger out. And man, in, the devil knows how to work it. Man is a product of influence. As you start talking, something else will happen that will take your attention. Pew! That's it. When we teach you people on this association and influence thing, do you know Jonathan was a stupid guy? Jonathan was Saul's father. Jonathan knew that Saul, God has rejected Saul, his father. Jonathan is David's friend. It's there for him to associate with David. And the Bible even says they were knitted souls. The company of a fool who walked together with the fool. When they wanted to kill his father, they killed him too along. Jonathan is that guy who died the useless death. He's supposed not to have died. He knows that God has called his friend. In fact, he was not even jealous. Because if there's somebody that's supposed to have the throne, it's supposed to be him. Right? His father was the king. And he knew that God called his friend. He's working with his friend. He, he, still was, he, he still was being sentimental like some of you are. Why should I stop talking to them? Uh-uh. Don't we, would they hear the gospel? How would they hear the gospel? You'll be excusing things. You'll be making yourself feel good. Would they hear the gospel? The Bible says, when they killed Saul, they killed Jonathan. He was that only guy in scripture who died the most useless death. Why? He was not smart. You know that God has rejected your father. It's time for you to run away and move with another company. That's why the company you keep matters. When you know you have a call, you are still associating with people. If you start, see, let me tell you, many of you, and I sensed this as I was preparing for this, and I'll say it, many of you, you have a lot of friends who are disobedient to the call. They will affect your boat like Jonah. They will affect your journey in life if you are not careful. Some people, you know it. I'm speaking to you by the Spirit because as I was preparing for this, it, the thing came to me in a flash. That many of you, you have a lot of backsliding Christians as friends. A lot of men, people that they used to serve God, they used to be fervent in ministry, they used to, as it were, or they just don't go to church anymore. And those are the people you call your friends, your close friends. You know what? You will keep being stagnant in your boat because you are still hanging around the wrong company. You are moving with people who are disobedient to God. You will obey God now. You won't. Let me go back to my script as I begin to close. How do you sense the call of God? How do you know that the call of God is on your life? By the written word. Just by even hearing what I'm preaching tonight, you can easily find out, do I have a call or I don't? Let me be going home again. <laughs> uh, uh, and you sense it. Two, in a spectacular way, supernatural way, in a vision. I have a vision. Some people don't. I remember my friend, my friend said, me, I've never seen any vision that God called me, but I know that God called me. And the guy can explain scripture more than I do, that I, me, that I have a vision. <laughs> spectacular way. At 10, at 9, Paul has spectacular experience. Moses, spectacular. Some people will see vision and tell you that they had a vision. You can't dispute that. And they'll say, God called them. Me, I did too. I saw a vision. The Lord Jesus walked up to me told me certain things about my ministry. I know it. I was called. 
So some people do. Some don't. Number three, you can be say it can just come as a sensation. You just don't be feeling right. You just be feeling like there's a leading for you to do something for God. Sometimes it will come like I have passion for music, I have passion for ushering, I have passion for media, I have passion for just seeing things right in the church. It's a lie, it's a call. <laughs> it's just because of where you have been to. That's why you think it is passion. It's a call. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's how God is calling you. It's a call. You just be sensing things that, oh, I can talk. I can explain things. I just, I just, I'm just not, I'm just not happy with the way people are going this way. It's a call. You sense it via a leading to do ministry. It's just like Billy Graham, who reached the world. He did not have any spectacular vision. He just was sensing things. He just saw it on the written word and obeyed. D.M. Moody. I remember one time I was in Chicago. I had to look at the church. I was like, God, this is the church of this man who shaked the world. D.M. Moody. In this same Chicago, in, 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 in Chicago, in, in Illinois. They didn't see spectacular vision or something or sensing. They just saw the word. And in fact, even T.L. Osborne, who preached in the nation, they just say, they did not. Some people, it's just, that's why I told you this thing is about sincerity. Don't lie to yourself. You are already an adult. You want to live all your life deceiving yourself? What is that gain? You want to, you want to, you want to do. You want to live all your life telling yourself, I don't want to do ministry. I, I, all these things people are doing, it's not, I'm not cut out for it. Really? So you think it's me that is cut out to be standing here and be preaching? <laughs> some of you think it is, some of you just, some people think this thing is passion. That it's just, some people are just cut out to do it. You think it's me that cut out. My own ambition is to be a president. I love politics. It's not I loved. I still love it. I enjoy it. Even today, as, as passionate as I am, me that told you not to be distracted, I've checked politics news. To tell you I love it, I still check the first day of Tinubu in office. What is going on? I need to know. I'm trying to check it, and I'm trying not to be distracted. I so love politics. So you think it is me that is cut out to be preaching? Some will just think it's because he's a pastor. Oh, you think it is me that is cut out to be having snakes look run around me to be praying? No. We have just become like Paul. Who unto me if I don't preach the gospel of Christ? That's all. That's all. Some will think it's because he's a pastor. He's cut. Do you know what it takes to study the word? Do you know the kind of headaches? So we just listen to it. Ah, wow, nice. It's so sweet. Do you know the kind of headaches? Sometimes I'll just look at it. I'll close my Bible. I'll just go and pick. I'll just turn on the doom flash. <laughs> I'll just watch flash and refresh. And go back later. Someday I don't even return out to theater to this. You <laughs> think it is me that is cut out? I'm just not cut out for that prayer. You can just shout into motion. I'm not cut out for that. Oh, so it's me that is cut out. You see, if it's of my own accord, 
I will be in Rochester today. No, I have a, I had a very good job. I got a job with the government. I was about to get a promotion. God said, go, leave, leave Indiana. He paid me. He's still paying me. No, he paid me. He's still paying me. Because that job, there's no stress. Do you know what it means for you not to be stressed? Working with government. In fact, I stroll in like work is resuming at night. I stroll in at night something. I'm not clocking in. I'm not just let your boss not catch you. That's all. Just assure that your boss did not catch you when you come late. So I'll just enter my cubicle and sneak in, just bend my head, like because I was, she's short. All the time she just bend my head. I just enter. Oh God, I've escaped today. Say, Ben, say I caught you. I said, Ah, I'm so sorry. I just, you know, traffic. That's okay. It's okay. Said, ah. ah, wow. Job that I would just sit down, put on a tab, watch some YouTube video, and I could open another tab. And I'm still working. Who will not like that? And your, and your money is coming in well. So you think it's me that is cut out? <laughs> no. It's just about sincerity. It's an interruption. Number three. Four way you catch it. By vanquo of prophecy. Some people, you have prophecies over your life. Your mother told you something. Your father told you something. You're, you're a pastor. Your prophet. Your pastor has told you. Acts 13, verse 1 to 3. Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work you have to have called them. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. 2 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. A man can encounter the call of God via prophecy in a Christian meeting, just like me. One of the ways I encounter the call of God. Are your Benson, come out. That was it. I was just seated like you. Mommy Rhoda just prayed. She went to pray and she said, God called Ayo Benson. She just said, who is Ayo Benson in this hall? I said, yes, me. She laid hands on me. And that was the day I knew I would do ministry. That was it. That was it. Venko of prophecy. A prophecy can be made available. And sometimes you can know it in your spirit. Ah, the Lord is calling and somebody will just confirm it for you. The confirmation of human witness is legitimate. Sometimes you just, you just be sensing certain things and somebody will put it a portion for you. Just like at 9. Ananias had a prophecy about Paul. At 13 verse 2. 1 Timothy 4 verse 17. 2 Timothy 1 says, Even Timothy had prophecy. When Timothy was timid, Paul told Timothy, Stir up the gifts of God in you, which was put in thee by prophecy and the laying on offense of the pebistry. What is the pebistry? The elders, recognizable men in the body of Christ. Number five way. A man can and that look at a look of what like I told you, and I'm still saying it again. A man that is genuinely called of God, that call will stay with him all life long. And like I said, I beg you, don't keep a man who willfully disobeys God as your friend. Some of you, you have friends, they've told you. That you know I'm supposed to be a pastor. I'm supposed to be a preacher. I'm supposed, you know this thing, pastor thing. You know, and I like it too. I like, and you know they are willfully disobeying God. <laughs> Don't let them put you in trouble. First Corinthians 15 verse 33. It says, be not be deceived. 
Look at, that's how Paul told you. He said, don't be deceived because you can easily be deceived. He says, evil communication corrupts good manners. He did not say some manners. He said, evil communication corrupts good manners. You cannot hang around a man who willfully disobeys God, who willfully has a call on his life and is not doing anything about it and expect that your life will go smoothly. You will both fall into that trap. I'm sure, as I'm teaching, some people's faces will be showing in your mind. That's God talking to you. So, if God, I told you Jonathan's story. If you walk with a man like that, you will pick up that attitude. The attitude to willfully disobey God, it will, it will just naturally cringe into you. And you too, you will find yourself not wanting to do something about the call again. You will not find yourself. Next year mission is possible. You say, God forbid, I'm not attending. May that not be your portion. You say, God, I'm not that. No, those people, they will do it. And you know it's that. This is God's place. This is training of the spirit. This is where I should even bring my friends. Not them taking me there. Taking me to another side. A lot of people are not smart. You are the one take, that's supposed to be taking your friends to church. They are the ones taking you away. Are you see that some things is not clear? Your friends, you should be the one taking your friends to church, making sure that they serve God. They are the ones making you not serve God more. That's, that, man is a product of influence. Don't be deceived. Keep the right influence around you. That man who has a call, we change friends. I told you my own story. And that's why I told you I'm trying to be practical with you in this teaching. I had these friends. I had these friends. I believe. And I still say it today. Probably somebody was praying for me. I will not have been standing here with you today to teach you. If I had followed that path. That path... I was already about to drink. I was already doing so many things. I was already going. You know where they say you are already gone. But I believe somebody was praying for me. My steps was just, it was like, there was just a reorchestration. I, I believe somebody was praying for me. This was me. Who I was already a president. I was already a pastor. I was already preaching. I was already healing the sick. I still kept the wrong company. And gradually, I started telling myself, you don't have to be a preacher. Me. That wanted to pack my bag from the house. And say, I have a call. I started saying, I did not have a call. I'm not joking, no. I'll probably share with you, probably as the years progress. Me, I started saying, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't, you can just serve God. And that's what they say. You can just serve God. Just love him on your own. <laughs> it's a lie. I started saying that. Just because of wrong association. Keeping people on. I don't know how I disconnected. But I know that maybe somebody must have been praying for me somewhere. And that was it. I regained my consciousness back. The stirrings from ministry came back. Thank God. 
I went to a meeting just like this. Something, something, it just takes a meeting for you to get it sometimes. And I, 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 told, I still shared the story with you guys on Sunday. I went there and they were praying. It's like, it was just like that door. I just entered it. I saw that people were praying. They were just back, back. I just went to the door. One sister chased me. Bro. And I was holding the flyer. If I did not stay for that prayer meeting, you people, you people, you people will not have a prayer life in this meeting. We probably have been doing talent on top of train volleyball. We just come here and train volleyball. <laughs> so as I close, play for me. You also respond to the you also respond to the call by prayer. How do you respond to God's call by prayer? Paul prayed. Jesus prayed by staying in prayer. That's why pray. That's why we pray. God puts something in your heart. He commits something in your heart, and you will just have wisdom. You have directions as you pray. You have directions as also what he wants you to do more as you pray. So don't be intimidated by anyone call. It should inspire you to don't also despise it. When you hear people tell you they had the vision you did not have, they had the spectacular something, God came to them. It's a good one, but don't despise it. Like I told you, not everybody, everybody is different, right? Yours can just be that person stopping you on the road just like on your road to damascus experience and you are just going to class and somebody just said do you believe the gospel and that was it it could just be a phone call somebody called you and said ah come to church and that was the call do you know for me yes i had a spectacular experience yes after but do you know one of the ways i recognize god's call a friend of mine soji amujo and i never forget when they prayed and said, it is your best that will do it, I already turned back. I was, I was like, I'm going home. And he said, ah, why are you going home? God has called you now. God has chosen you. So, because let me, let me tell you the full story today. So we voted then on who will be the leader. So some issues happened in the church then. They said, who will be the leader? So we voted. So I had the least vote. I didn't, nobody liked me. I was not, I was that guy that I come to church. If service was to close at 11, I come to church 10.30 because I would trek and just to waste time. I was not serious. And uh, I'll trek to church. I'll first cook beans and then I'll use stove to cook beans and, and cooking beans is to stay long. So I'll wake up in the morning, I'll just cook beans. I'll just be having a good time, doing everything, taking my sweet, precious time. And service ends at 11. So I was that guy that, so I would just start strolling from my house, 9.30, I just strolling. In fact, I would even greet everybody at the way, how far I was walking. And I would wear slippers like this. That's how I started dressing. On the Sunday service, wear slippers like this. In fact, this one is better than the one I used to wear. The, Slay slippers and just attach us. So I'll just, you know, so then the door was in the front, right? So the front is always for late comers then. So you just enter, you just, <laughs> you know, it's not like now where front is for people that 
Abili Chojeli. So he just did it, just pew. So after that, he just dodge out too. So that was what, that was me. So people don't really know me. People don't like me. So I was just that way. So when they wanted to vote for leadership that day, I I even how I even came early, self to meet the vote. <laughs> it was having an orchestration <laughs> because I never came early. I never. In fact, it in fact coming early was something I struggled with in ministry. It's now that God has really worked on me. I didn't for years. I struggled with keeping to time. If I'm to preach at 10, I come in at 10.03. I struggled for years. And that's because of, you know, how the devil wanted to deal with you too, you know? <laughs> so, now, so that day, so they just voted. Who do you vote for? This person So one vote. So me, I was not even included in the package. So as they are about to, now let me see, let me tell you how some orchestrations happen. So as they are about to tell this other guy, I will, I would not mention it. Let me mention it. You will not be angry. Bankoli. As they wanted to announce Bankoli and say, you are the leader. The woman just stopped. She just said, let's go and pray. So we as friends now, you know, we just went to crazy. Ah, our man of God. We start, so we, even me, I even went to bow. Ah, but it was not in my mind. I just went, ah, how far? Ah. So we now started drafting plan that this is how you should do things. So don't, don't make mistake. Oh, ah. If you if you command us too much, we will slap you. You know how we started. So we're already celebrating him. So he too was already acting like a leader. Uh, we, I mean, you, what do you expect? <laughs> what do you actually expect? He had the largest vote. <laughs> he was qualified. Everybody liked him. In fact, he can dance. In fact, if this guy danced for you, you'll be born again. That if if it was him that told me that dancing can get somebody say, I would have believed it than the sister that told me. <laughs> he can ah. In fact, there's a day, there's a day we were dancing then. There's a day, there's a day he danced, and I'm like, I stopped. I said, I'm not dancing again. I just want to watch you. Just be dancing. So at least if he was the one that said dancing can save people. I would have said, wow, ah, let's, let, me, let me pray about it to believe you. But you, you are just shaking hand and say, 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 <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> anyway, so this guy, so he was already acting like a leader because they didn't announce the name for months, for weeks. So if we need anything, we just say, ah, Prezi, Prezi do, Alpha. I mean, you are the one. So me, I increased in my own lead community because I felt like nobody liked me, nobody, so I don't care. So one woman just came to tell my mother one day, I said, see, your son, there's something about your son, just make sure he's coming to church early. My mother said, tell him yourself. <laughs> because 5.30 when me, I'm trying to leave the house, the guy is just starting his own sleep. So tell him yourself. <laughs> My mother tried to tell me. So she used the woman power thing. No African mother power used that. Come to church early. Don't. I will be waiting for you outside in the church. Come. I still came late. She dragged my ear, did everything. I still came late. So they've already announced among the teachers that. So the woman did not know me. You know, the woman said she wanted to go and pray, right? She didn't know me. She just said. So she told the teachers that there's a guy called Ayobensi. So the woman that knew the Ayobensi now went to tell my mother that incident. So me and my mother, we don't know what was happening. So the woman just told my mother, 
I don't like the way your son is to dress, he is to come late. Ah. Well, I said, if you want to buy clothes for a buy, you sure it's not like the way he is. <laughs> At that time, my mother, we didn't have money that much. So you sure he's used to dress. So I wanna say, ah, try and be wearing shoes. All this one used to wear palms in church. Don't be discreet. So my mother doesn't like me coming around that in church. So we we'll do everything we used to do outside in the parking lot. Just because she doesn't want to associate also with <laughs> it's not be said that her son is that guy that wears shoe and all of that doesn't wear shoe and all of those things. So that day, Soji came to church early. So you know it's Soji and Bankole now. Bankole is the one we already calling president. Soji was that one that he was already destined to be a Caleb. He used to say it in tomorrow. He said, meet. <laughs> I don't now. So he has already he overheard. It's like saying he it's like an eavesdrop. That is an eye of Benson thing, or there is not anybody that the Lord said. That's actually where the name came from, I of Benson. So he said, she said, that's what the Lord said. So he heard it. So as soon as I was coming to church and he cited me, you know, the door, the, the door and the window is in the front. As he cited me coming. So he just jammed me outside and said, Bro, ah, it's you that God chose. That's how he said it. I said, I don't understand. He said, remember that day? Because it's been long. She didn't... And the woman was, you know, it's like saying she prayed and she heard the name. And she was just observing me. Who is this guy? She doesn't like me. She doesn't know me. But she, so she has asked people. So she, I didn't know she has been observing me. I me, mean, I was just coming to church late, everything, doing my own thing. In fact, I didn't have a Bible. Me and I'm telling everybody, everybody bring Bible to church. Then I didn't have a Bible. I just used to enter church because I know that I cannot meet service. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what's the essence of taking Bible to church? So I'll just sit down, disappear. And somebody just jammed me at that day and just said, Ah, it's you that God chose. I said, what do you mean? He said, ah, they said they went to pray. And they said it's the name of the person is your best that will be the leader. I said, you say what? I said, I'm going back home. This is not what I signed for in my life. I said, ah, that's, that's not my plan. What's Ayobezi? I said, me that I'm even just coming 20 minutes to service end. <laughs> so I just turned my back and I started going. And he looked at me as I was going back. And he said, Ayo, where are you going to? He said, he now said it in Yoruba. He said, Ayo, only she now. Meaning, Ayo, you can't do it. to you just that you know you can do it seem like a just natural word right that word sounded like God spoke in my ears I've taken some of you to this spot before in other room where we had said that thing and I look back and I was like ah, that's true I, I think I can this is something I was not thinking about I was not imagining I was not and it was like I heard God and he now says something, he said, even if we have any challenge, we will pray. He said, I'm even here with you, we can do this thing together. And I entered church that day, and I was just sitting, I was just thinking about it. Like, is he really me? Did this guy hear? So, and the guy, and actually, so this is a crook. He's still a crook. <laughs> He's not going to be offended with it. I just felt like, is this guy deceiving me? Like, I just feel maybe he's trying to make me happy, or because he's a, he's a crook, he's that guy that always joke around and is never serious. 
So after like two weeks, they now said. So I kept thinking about it for more for that two weeks. So that two weeks, how I didn't even come late, I still kept coming late. But that day, it was as though my mother knew something was going to happen supernaturally. My mother said, "You will follow me to church today. You are not going late." So I did not follow her, but she came back home to pick me. I came early. So I came to church quite around nine that day. So I sat down for the teaching. And we call her grandma then. And grandma just said, So who is Ayo? Benson. And I said, It is me. I said, Ayo. She said, Come out. And I knelt down. She said, Knee down. And I knelt down. She laid hands on me. That was it. From that day, I just knew there was a strange boldness that came on me. I just knew this thing called ministry. I don't think I can escape it again. So it's an interruption. It just it can come with words. Mine was this simple, right? It was now years after I now saw had the spectacular experience of the Lord Jesus walking to me and telling me that. This is what he has called me to do. I'll share that with you. I'll share one of, one of these days. I'll probably share with you what Jesus told me when he came, when he appeared to me, he's touching my ministry and told me what he wanted us to do. He came to me twice and I will never forget it. It's still, as I'm talking to you, I can still see it. I can still see it. I can still remember the words he said, what he told me, what he did. So the call of God is not something you joke with. I know that as I taught you tonight, hands will be laid on you tomorrow. Many of you will come in contact with what God wants you to do in life. How about you just pray for yourself tonight? Are you refusing God's call? The call of God on your life. Is irrevocable? God called you, bro, bro, you know, God has called you, you know it, don't, 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 don't stop it, don't stop it, I just saw it, somebody has told you before, right, has somebody told you before, be praying, I'm not talking to you, but you know it within you, right, to pray. The grace of God on your life is stronger. Pray. Pray. Your life is changing. sure you are praying. You will not substitute the call of God on your life for money. You will not substitute the call of God on your life 
on the altar of evil friendships. Pray. Pray. You will not substitute brass for gold. Pray for yourself. Pray. The call of God. When the call of God is on your life, it changes your priority. Open up your heart. Tell the Lord your priorities are changing. Your focus will change. Your directions will change. a new direction. It will give you a new focus. I want you to spend time praying for your life this evening. Pray, 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 pray. Some of you, pictures are coming to your life. Images. You know God has called you. I know it. I know it and you know it. That God has called you. And He will use you strong. You will do His will. Pray, pray call of God, the call to ministry. Pray. 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 Pray, 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 pray. Lift your voice and pray for your life. Ah, this is not a time to keep quiet. This is not a time to keep quiet. Meditate through the message. Meditate through all you've heard this evening. Let the Lord, let God Himself make it make sense. I've done my part, I've taught you. Let the Lord make the message make sense to your heart. That stiff necked, that stubborn hearted heart is put into God. That stronghold of stubbornness. Some of you, you know it, that your brothers, your parents ought to be preachers. It's your turn now to obey God. It's your turn to obey God. Those ahead of you, you knew they didn't obey God. Don't go in their way. I'm begging you and I'm praying for you that you will go in their way. You will go in the way of God. Your mom told you before that she ought to be a preacher. You and you want to go in that direction of saying you ought to. Ah no, it's not your portion. You know it's that your father ought to preach. The son or your mother has a prayer ministry. She gathers a group of people praying. Actually, the plan is for her to do more than that. Pray for your life. I see men of God here. Men, men of God. The men that God wants to use in the nations of the earth. Yes, 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 yes. Don't hold back, don't hold back. Don't hold back, don't hold back. You have accepted the call of God. You won't look back.
You have accepted the call. Don't look back. You have accepted the call. You have accepted the call. Don't look back. Don't Pray, 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 pray. 
show you your life now. He's showing you places you missed it. Tell him you won't miss it again. I will never hold back. I will not say no to you. He's showing you places you missed it. He's showing you friends you should not relate with again. He actually separates people. Yes, he does. I will never hold back. 